Hey guys, before we dive into the show, I wanted to tell you about my new trailer music toolkit, which is 100% free and you can download it right now over at richardprin.com forward slash toolkit. This toolkit contains... Firstly, my perfect trailer cue blueprint. It also contains a handful of one-shot samples, like huge trailer hits, pings, plucks, brahms, booms, transitions, and downers. Perfect for beginners, pros, and everything in between. Okay, let's get into the episode. One man with one microphone. Welcome to the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. Today I've got myself a little pickle. <laughs> uh, not natural pickle, um, you know, uh, not a gherkin for those in the UK. Um, I've got myself this quote. Um... So I started running ads midway through last year to promote my courses, which was like a wonderful experience and a horrible experience all at once, because what it does is it opens you up to be absolutely torn apart by the uh, people on social media, uh, which, you know, I, I accept because if you're going to broadcast your message, you you have to sort of take into account that you will get some negative words from some people, no matter how famous. Anyway, uh, one of the most common things that I noticed in the uh, sort of barrage of bickering and arguments that ensued on my ads, um, apart from, you know, slating me, which is fine. Um, well, it's not fine. It wasn't nice at all. But, you know, like I said, it is what it is. One of the most common things people said about was this, and I quote, I don't want to pigeonhole my music. <laughs> right. Note the sarcastic chuckle after I said that. Now, I, like most of you, started off in a band, you know? And when you're in a band, you know, if, if you were the songwriter of the band or aspiring songwriter of the band, you would have done the same thing I would have done, which is, you know, approached every song I wrote like a, like a masterpiece, where, like, no one else understands how complex and wonderful this, this, this really is. No one understands the subtlety of my art, and I want to bring that last word up, art. And just, heads up, guys, this is a bit of a ranty episode. <laughs> uh, not like angry rants, but the interesting thing is, uh, I feel like I am entitled to respond to this because I make a decent living writing music. Tick. Dream achieved, right? Um, so this whole idea of pigeonholing, pigeonholing your music, I find utterly intriguing. Because on the one hand, you could say, I don't want to pigeonhole my music... But on the other hand, if you asked those same people that say, I don't want to pigeonhole my music, you'd say, well, what type of music do you write? And they'd say, well, I write, uh, I write heavy rock. Well, you're pigeonholing yourself, you know, all the others. You know, oh, I write um, 
you know, Europop EDM, you, well, you're pigeonholing yourself. What that basically means is you're finding a niche, or in the States you might call it a niche. And the response to my ads was, uh, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't want to pigeonhole my music into just being trailer music. Uh, and now I want to put a bit of context to my response because I started out in advertising uh, well not in advertising I started out in a band and then obviously went into writing music for ads um, product advertising not so much movie advertising I was still in advertising because that's what trailers are um, then I went into library then I went into sort of corporate films done some feature work done short films I've done contemporary dance scoring uh, and I, when I was sort of advertising myself as a composer back those days it would be Richard Prynne, because that's my actual name, although Richard Schreiber is my sort of artist name for... Well, is myself in the successful version. Richard Prynne, media composer. And it would... And it would I'd go in trying to do everything for everyone, you know? Short film director would email me saying, Hey, uh, I really love Hans Zimmer's score to Inception. Can you, like, do something like that? And I'd say, yeah, of course. And then I'd have corporate clients coming in saying yeah we want to use Coldplay but we can't afford Coldplay can you do Coldplay yeah of course and then I'd have the music library saying hey we've got this quirky acoustic can you do quirky acoustic yeah of course and then I'd have myself saying well I want to write some uh, dramatic cello music yeah of course so I sort of, sort of spread myself out across all the many areas of media composition of being a composer and then one time i read about this thing i'm gonna i want to say it's the pareto principle but i get that confused with uh the other one uh anyway it's the 80 20 principle right this idea of 80 percent of your money or 80 percent of your returns comes from 20 percent of, of your effort and um, and i kind of looked at my portfolio of work and realized that 90%, maybe even 95% of my return, i.e. my income, was coming from like maybe 5% of my effort, which was writing trailer music for Elephant Music. Uh, So I said to myself, well, what am I wasting 90% of my time to get 5% of my income? Why don't I just scrap all that and focus on that one niche, trailer music? I mean, that trailer music in itself isn't even a niche musically because there's so many different genres and styles within trailer music. It's just a means to earning money from licensing your music. So that's what it is. I doubled down on my relationship with Vic and Elephant Music and... It quite literally paid dividends. It was, you know, the the difference in my income was sort of four times, four X, which is huge. Um, and then, and then here I am today, obviously. So that was me pigeonholing myself. But the ironic thing is, I'm not pigeonholed in any way, shape, or form. 
Richard Schreiber is known for writing trailer music. And I've used that as uh, a bargaining chip. I've used that to my advantage to create the trailer music school. Hey guys, I know what I'm talking about because I do it. You know, it's that type of thing. Uh, again, I'm pigeonholing myself. But the funny thing is, I haven't pigeonholed myself at all because I can still write music for anything and everything. You know, like I write ambient music that landed on some amazing uh, playlists on Apple Music and quit in. You know, it's a really interesting concept. And there's a, there's a saying I hear the uh, American entrepreneurs saying, and the reason I'm saying American is because we call them niche niches over here. So this saying doesn't work if you're saying it, pronouncing it like an English person. So the saying is, the riches are in the niches, <laughs> which I love. Again, it would be like, riches are in the niches here, which doesn't work. You know, riches are in the niches. So the riches are in the niches. It's And, you know, the, the whole idea with the sort of online entrepreneurial space is that you focus on your niche, which is basically the area you want to talk about or the area you want to produce content in. And this idea that choosing a niche will limit you somehow, I just find speaks volumes about this, this person's fear. Um, about these people's fear of advancing. And the reason I say that is because I have been that person. You know, I would I would look down on anybody and any and anything that that made you know that sold out, you know that that pigeonholed themselves into like writing music for something that actually got them money, or you know pigeonholing themselves into something that's not true art. I mean, that is another conversation altogether. You know, um, the the whole concept of what is art in music. And what is an artistic thing to learn? Fascinating. Uh, I mean, fascinating because it's so unraveled in fear and anger. So anyway, uh, yeah. What I'm trying to say to you is this. Let's take what these comments were saying. I don't want to pigeonhole my music. And well, let's loosely translate that into I don't want to give my music a direct outlet. Because imagine, say you've written, say you've written uh, a piece of music. Let's say you wrote an aria. I mean, what would be pigeonholing yourself about that music? It it would be finding an outlet for that song, for that piece of music, which would be an opera, or it would be selling it to a publisher like Boozy and Hawks, who represents classical catalogues, and landing on a trailer. <laughs> You know, it's kind of like, it's a really fascinating world. Once you kind of understand the way it, it, the, the many industries of music work, you'd realize how much of it relies on sync and licensing for income. That's why all the major record labels have a licensing department and to deal with sync. And when I say sync, I'm not talking about the kitchen sync, guys. I'm talking about sync, S-Y-N-C, as in synchronization. So when you're pigeonholing your music, you're just giving your music a certain target to aim for. Yes, you might want to become the next big 
I now do. But you know what? He pigeonholed himself. He's the approachable classical pianist, isn't he? You know, it's not Chopin, it's not uh, Schubert, it's not, you know, uh, Liszt, it's, it's Einaudi. It's easy listening for the piano, like, and I'm not belittling that at all, because I absolutely love his music, and I respect his output so much. But what, what you've got to realise is, pigeonholing and finding a niche is literally finding a target for your arrow. And once you've achieved that target, who's to say you can't pick another one? Or who's to say you can't pigeonhole yourself into several different pigeonholes? You know, those of you who who follow me enough will know that I write music in lots of different styles, not just within trailer music, but for fun. And, you know, I don't... (laughs) I would also consider myself, although this sounds really pretentious, I would consider myself to be quite entrepreneurial because of starting Protégé with Vic, because of starting the Trailer Music School, because of starting Inventive Instruments. You know, I've written books. You know, I've done other things because I'm absolutely fascinated with the idea of creativity driving us in our lives. I'm fascinated with this this idea that we all sit here with this burning desire to create something. And it's these little, they're our little babies, aren't they, really? They're our little seeds, our creation. And this is the, this is the difficult part that a lot of people find difficult. And this is where a lot of the anger comes in and the fear. People are so protective of their ideas, of their creations, that they don't want to let them go. And there's a huge ego battle, you know. If you want to deal with a record label, deal with publishers, music producers, you're going to have to let go of your music because they will shape it. You know, my first experience... um, working with a music producer was um, working with uh, Skunk and Nancy's guitarist and I forget his name now um, he produced my band for a while and that was like a I basically felt like I was being metaphorically slapped in the face this is my arrangement sir how dare you improve it you know that was a real big lesson for me This all of a sudden like one of these guitarists, songwriters that I've listened to throughout my teenage years was sort of telling me how to write better. On one hand, I was like, thank you, sir. This is an amazing opportunity. On the other hand, I was like, screw you. This is my music. <laughs> and you have to just let go of that fear because that fear is the same voice that will then generate comments like, I don't want to pigeonhole my music or generate even worse comments when you start putting other people down for what they've done in the music industry. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with this. I think this is a good one. So how can we take this negativity and put a positive spin on it? And I suggest this to my students as well. You know, look for the areas in music that intrigue you and and that excite you. And pursue that. And that is what I would call pigeonholing your music. But not in a negative way. You are literally sending your pigeon home. <laughs> you are giving it a place to live. You know, it's kind of like if pe- if uh, bloggers didn't pigeonhole their blogs, no one would find them. It's called SEO. <laughs> you know, you've got to name it so people can find it. So I want you to think about 
how can you find your niche? How can you find your pigeonhole? So that you can focus more intensely on that direction. You know, for me, it started off as piano stuff. Thanks to Christian Henson for his soft piano he released through Spitfire. Uh, Spitfire Labs when they when it was the donationware because that inspired me tremendously to write five albums of piano music I mean I tell that story all the time because again he was doing service he was giving this instrument away for two pounds for charity so find a way to focus your creative outlet creative output you know for me the focus was writing for elephant I kind of said adios to almost every other library that I worked with. Not out of spite or anything, just but I, th- I realised that I had a good thing with, with Elephant and Vic. So I focused on that. And I want you to do the same. Don't fear pigeonholing. Let go of your music and share it with the world. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. Because... If you're listening to this, you're a creative person. If you're listening to this, you are almost certainly a creative musician who writes or aspires to write their own music. So find your niche, that thing that excites you and intrigues you, and just write it and learn it and suck it up and sponge it and you know all those kind of gross ways of saying absorb creativity and let it out into the world yeah uh you guys absolute legends thank you i'm so glad you take the time to listen to this i really do hope it uh, helped uh again apologies if there was any kind of like bitterness (laughs) uh but i'm trying to put a positive spin on it i'm trying to take this thing that happened and help you guys because actually pigeonholing myself into trailing music was, for my career, the best thing I've done. So, joke's on you. <laughs> or joke's on me, I suppose, in a good way. Uh, anyway, I'm losing myself. Uh, have a lovely week, guys, and I will see you... Wait, no, I won't see you in the next week because it's a podcast. I don't see you at all. You'll hear... I'll, you'll, I'll hear you. No, you'll hear me. Anyway, uh... Head on over to the Trader Music School. I've got a cool little free cheat sheet, by the way, so uh, grab that, and uh, I will speak to you next week. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I have something really really exciting to offer you. I've put all 12 of my trailer music courses into a bundle called the Ultimate Trailer Music Bundle, and I've put it on for a very, very special offer. Head on over to richardprin.com forward slash trailer music bundle to get your hands on this awesome deal.